Take a deep breath, Raider Nation. That's why they play 60 minutes, right? I guess. <laughs> back to the Silver and, Silver and Black Hack podcast. You're home for the realest Raider takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. You're listening to the Raiders Jets post-game rap show. And as always, this is your host, Raider Hart. And in this episode, we break down the disaster that almost was in the Big Apple, including why the Raiders pass rush is no longer my biggest concern with this team going forward. Can we feel good about this W? I mean, is there is there a way that we can actually feel good about this win at all? Did the Jets throw this game? I know that's the big conspiracy theory going on, going around out there. And why I think personally, we need to evaluate games like this with the Raiders a little bit different. And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. But first, just a reminder, you can always find us on Twitter at, at silver underscore hack and on Facebook as well. And also this episode is gonna be officially available on our YouTube channel. So look out for that. And we're also officially available for questions. So make sure to send in your questions this week. We'll get to them. Uh, best ones are going to make next episode. We'll answer them right on there. And of course, as always, my running mate, my road dog here with me, even though he probably would rather not be this week with how the how the team played. But Raspy, let me just put it to you real quick, Raspy, right off the top. Can we feel good as a Raider Nation about this W, man? What do you think? I mean, man. <laughs> I mean, yes, you can because your record seven and five instead of six and six. Absolutely, you can be happy about that, and you're still in the mix. And you know, we've spoke to in the past that we seem to play better against these better teams, which we've got a couple of them coming up, which we're right in the heat, you know, right in the hunt with, right in the middle of it. So I mean, you can take it from there, man. But man, huh? I don't know. This one was the the mirror I've heard, I've heard it referred to as the miracle in the Meadowlands. <laughs> what are we doing? Didn't expect man? that going. Man. I didn't what, expect what happened. The fact that that even needed to transpire for us to win this game is a gut punch, man. I thought that we got a hard enough gut punch last week, you know, in the ATL, but apparently not. We needed another. So. I don't know, I man. I mean, like I said, from the record, from the record standpoint, I'd say yes, you can be happy about that. But uh, what, what you, your theory on that? I'd like to hear that. What you got, brother? Well, look, actually, we'll get to that later in the show. Okay. Um, right. You, you know, got me I'll, intrigued, though. You got me intrigued. Also, just real quick, I forgot to tease. You know, as always, you know, it goes without saying, but we're also going to be having the captain of the week and and who walks the plank. But uh, sure. sorry about that. But go ahead. No, you're good, man. I just. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, as far as the as where our record stands, that win is huge. No matter how it comes, man, I don't know, you know. I'm one of these guys, of course, man, I want to go out and throttle everybody. But, I mean, hey, you know, a win's a win. It could sound cliche, but it's still the truth. A win's a win. We're seven and five. We're not six and six. You fall to six and six, it's over. So oh, it's not, it's not over. You know what I mean? I, 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 at least I felt that way. You, know? you fall to six and six, you have to win out completely guaranteed as far as I'm concerned uh nine and seven is not going to get you there you know not in this AFC so we don't have to do that yet so we there's a little bit of wiggle room and like I said we've got we've got Indy and you know not long after we've got Miami so we're right there so I'll take the positive out of that and I'm not going to beat a dead horse but there's definitely a lot of concern you know last night I would have said no there's no way you could feel good about this win. There's no way that you can rest your head on a performance where literally with, with under 20 seconds to go, we thought the Raiders had lost to the winless jets, you know, and it literally took, you know, I, I was just mentioning a, a minute ago, I didn't expect this to be a nickname game going into this thing against right. the winless jets. I didn't know that this is going to be one of the ones that we're going to file away in Raider lore, but apparently here we are. And w with the way that the game ended, it's hard to argue against it. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with myself right now. Do I want to just go into this or not? And I guess this may be the appropriate time um, to just go into it now. 
I'm going to I'm going to agree with you after sleeping on it last night and after a lot of reflection on this today, you know, prepping for the show. I've sort of come full circle with this thing because, yes, you can feel good about this win. Long story short, you know, this is the NFL. It's not the BCS. This isn't the old school BCS in college football or the college playoff or the, the old, old school, you know, whole system the AP oh, you poll. had to beat a team to death or something is that what you're saying right there's no style points you know there's not going to be a bunch of coaches and media members voting the Raiders right. down three notches in the playoff push even though we won a game so you can feel good about a win a win is a win in the NFL this is pro sports not college and then I really got to thinking about it okay you mentioned that we should have gotten our wake-up call a week ago and we didn't and that comes off of we should have already had our wake-up call a year from what happened a year ago and didn't. Right. Then I started really thinking about it, Raspy, and I started, you know how my mind goes with when, when you know, I start going to these rabbit holes, these, you know, these tunnels with the Raiders in my mind. And so I looked into it. And don't you remember when Jack Del Rio, when we made the playoffs in 2016, when we finally beat, I think it was Tampa Bay in a game that that shouldn't have been as nearly as difficult to win because they were not good. And we were, and you know, we finally won a game. No, actually it was the the saints game because we won the opener. And there's all those numbers about the Raiders record in those early games on the East coast. And then, you know, and then, and then you, uh, then you factor in the Raiders historic record in cold weather games. Okay, this isn't with and without Derek Carr. Both of these these metrics, they go Derek Carr's. It's very much in the Derek Carr era where the Raiders have struggled in those two areas. So, it's, but then it goes way beyond before Derek Carr. So it's not just a Derek Carr thing or a John Gruden thing. So here's my thing now with the Jets, the Falcons, the, these performances. I think we need to evaluate the Raiders differently in these in these spots, guys. I, I really do, Nation Raspy as well. I think we need to evaluate the Raiders differently in these spots. Do you remember the Super Bowl year, 2002? Nobody can, nobody in the nation is going to argue that that wasn't a great Raider team. They came up short in the ultimate, the ultimate game, but that was a legitimately great Raider team. Remember them going to Miami early in the year and losing to I a do. team that we were better than. Remember that, Raspy? Yep, I do. We put it on the heat and the humidity, and but then you know. Remember yesterday when we were talking during the game, the, the stat that we hadn't beat the Jets, we were 0-6 coming into that game the last six times in the Meadowlands to beat the Jets. They haven't been good in a while, okay? Right. So right. I think it's just when we when we see this, when we when the schedule gets released in the offseason every year, the first thing I'm going to start doing from now on, and I'm, I'm going to look at all of the games that fit those metrics with the Raiders, and I'm going to circle those all as 50-50 games. I don't even care what the record is. I don't care how good or bad the team is that we're playing. Raspy, I'll, I'll ask you, game, those are coin toss, toss teams. I don't care if we're playing, you know, Clemson. We would struggle. in that If it was early, it, it just seems like we're whatever the team we're playing in that spot, we're going to play down. It just, for whatever reason, it's a struggle. So I'm just going to look at those games going forward as you just have to bank W's there. It doesn't matter how ugly, doesn't matter how embarrassing, playing down, what, what controversial calls, bad blitzes at the end. It, do, it just doesn't matter. Am I, am I off with that, man? Just you just have to bank those wins when you're the Raiders. You're not going to get style points with those. It just doesn't seem like it matters how good or bad the Raiders teams are. They they it, struggle in those spots. It's the truth. I mean, and and you know, and the the history is going to tell you that as well. So I, I don't think you're wrong there. And I mean, I guess like I said, man, as a as a fan and as a you know, I, as I feel this heat, you know, I feel like some push going this year, like we're doing things differently. It's going to take a while for us to break some of these stigmas that we just can't seem to get past. So when we can claw and scratch our way to a win, I don't care if they gave it to us or not. Bottom line, Carr has to make the throw. Bottom line, Ruggs has to catch it, you know. So call it what you want. We won the game. So, like you said, you don't you don't get an extra push in the playoff hunt for winning them pretty or winning by 30. So really when it comes down to it, it's, it's dubs and L's, man. And when you get a dub in a situation where, like you said, I think you said 20 seconds. I think when he snapped that ball, it was 13 seconds. I think so you're we were, right. We were 13 seconds away from losing to the Jets, man, after getting just mollywhopped by the 
Falcons the week before. So there's some growth in that, man. And there were some things that happened in that game that we'll touch on here in a few that, uh, you know, that kind of will lean into where we're, where I'm going at least for, you know, for my captains. But there were some things that happened, man, that were promising, you know. So so you got to take the good, man. You can't be pessimistic. It's it's tough sometimes when you're going through this, you know, and you feel like you're in this low. But, hey, man, they got they got a dub. I don't care how it came. They got a dub. Bottom line, we won the game. So, you know, I'm with you on, uh, on where you're at with these games. It's just like you said, it's a coin toss, man. So, Bottom line, we won the coin toss yesterday. So we're moving on, you know, and we're playing. We hope we can go play up like we do to these better teams. I mean, man, it's like, dude, we beat the Saints. We beat the Browns. We beat the Chiefs. How do, it's just a complete and utter just blank when it comes to putting away these other teams. But, hey, man, we got the, we got the dub again. I mean, like I said, I don't want to beat it up, but uh, – Throw the Browns in there, too. I mean, we beat some of the best teams in the league. So, we're getting up for these big teams. So, hey, we got a big one this week. Let's see what we can do. Because, I mean, just take your emotion out of it because I'm with you guys. You know, when you believe that the Raiders are a playoff caliber team, you want them to go out and play like a playoff caliber team. You want them to, to look the part, fit the bill. You want the national respect. You want Boomer Siason and Stephen A. Smith and, and these guys – you know, talking about, okay, the Raiders, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Well, it does feel good, though. You know what I mean? It does feel good when 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 you're that powerhouse, you know, or you're relevant and they're talking about you. You know, when you turn on SportsCenter and they're talking about your team, it's like talking about the Raid, man. It's exciting. So I I get that, too. I get it, too, and and I'm human. I fall into that, too. But just take that out of it for a second. What does it really mean that we struggle to beat the Jets when we beat the Chiefs and nobody else can? Right. So if we're going to say that, beat okay, we can only damn near nobody else can either. We're the only team to beat three nine-win teams. No one else has beaten more than one. So are we going to? Strength of schedule still there, man. Even with even with some of the nonsense, strength of schedule, strength of victory is still there. So if we're going to say that, okay, all that matters is we barely beat the Jets. So then we're going to throw all that other stuff out. So that other stuff yeah. counts too. So we're the truth is, guys, we're the same team that took a miracle to beat a winless team and also punched the world champions in the mouth and KO'd them in their own back yard and almost hey, did it the twice. World, the, the world champs almost got beat last night and probably should have been beat last night by the donkeys. So Seattle got beat you, at man. home by New York. Seattle the Giants. got beat by New York, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you, that's unfair. Are you kidding me? So this is, this is the league that we're in and anytime, you know, the old throwback to any given Sunday, but it's true though. I mean, anytime, a team can get up and give you more problems than you would expect. So, hey, man, dude, I tell you right now, I don't care if the Jets' upper management or whatever from the top down wanted them to lose this game. These players don't want to lose. They're sick of losing, man. I know how it is to be in a competitive game and be sick of losing. Well, yeah, It's frustrating. These guys are going to go out there and give it all they got. So they're out there trying to win. I mean, you see May. May's calling out his own coordinator. He's so pissed off, you know, and I don't blame him. Well, we'll because I mean, later, what, a stup- yeah. what a stupid call! It was a terrible yeah, I mean, call. It, he had the he had the sack to say, "Hey, man, he was wrong." Like, what, you got to help us a little bit. And sometimes he, I feel like that with us and the way we play. Feel like we don't get enough help from the top down. No, we don't. We don't, especially on defense. Well, on offense either. That's something I definitely want to get into uh, with you here shortly, actually. But when you think about the Raiders' losses this year, okay, Atlanta fits that description. The Jets would have fit that description. We narrowly avoided that. And New England is another bad loss that we had this year. We had no business losing. Fits that description. We're early in New England, early window. So uh, there's something to that, guys. We, we, As Raider fans, we need to look at that differently going forward with our eyes open and say, no matter what kind of Raider team it is, no matter what kind of season we're having, we have to look at every one of those games, no matter who we're playing in those games, we have to look at every one of those games on the schedule with the side eye and and know that those games could come down to whatever. And we could lay an egg in any one of those games, too, because that's happened quite often, too. So oh, yeah. that's just where I'm at. No, I'm with you, man. I, I think you uh, think you're definitely on to something. No doubt. Appreciate that. And, you know, let's get into the offense, Raspy, because it was, it was sort of a mixed bag there for me. You know, the defense, I think we're going to be pretty much – on the same, you know, wavelength there, man, that that's, yeah, that's a whole nother bag of bag of chips there, but 
just wanted to start with the offense, man. What did you think about the offense? You know, Carr had an up and down game. You know, you look at his numbers, 28 out of 47. You know, he did have 381 yards, three touchdowns. The one pick that was sort of 50-50 between him and Ruggs, it could have gone either way. Could have been a better throw, could have been caught. So those are always dicey. Got a 65 QBR and, a, you know, just below a 98 rating in this game. Waller with the huge game, which kudos to you, Raspy. Nation, I know that everybody that tuned into the last episode, Raspy called a 200-yard performance from Waller in that game, and I don't think he was being, you know, smart about it either. He really was saying, and we've talked about the matchup where that was a weakness for the Jets. They couldn't stop any other tight end, and, you know, why not fully unleash Waller? And our boy here called a 200-yard game, and that's not exactly, you know, an easy call to make given that only four tight ends in the history of the world have done that. So that's big. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that, brother. And I, I you ain't going to hear me do that often. I'm going to throw out 200-yard games for anybody. You know, I just Especially felt I felt like after with, with Parr's breakdown of how they covered the tight end and just our ability to be able to, to, uh, to get it to him, you know, I just, I just felt like it was going to be a day to feast, and then, then I love it when I'm proved right for sure, man. I mean, and that ain't nothing to do with me. That's D Wall out there just killing it, man. This guy is a beast, man. And as far as I'm concerned, he should be unleashed every single weekend. And if they want to try to dump him off and bracket and double or triple him, whatever, cool, man. Those the other guys are in this roster for that reason to feast when he can't, but. The guy is just phenomenal, man. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm proud of this young man in so many different ways. I don't know him personally. He could probably care less that I'm proud of him, but but I've struggled with some things in my life and man and what this kid has overcome is huge. And for him to go out there, man, and to turn this all around and to be that he's our guy. He's one of those guys. So it, it was nice to see him just be able to just go out there and just kill him, man. And it, it could have been even worse. You know what I mean? He could have had another 50 to 100 yards probably in that game. So uh, all, all props to D-Wall for going out there and just handling business, man. Absolutely, man. Take a bow with that that shout out there, man, because Appreciate you hit it right on the money. And he was. He was open all over the field. And I thought that not only did – Gruden do a good job. This is one of the few good things I thought Gruden did right. was I thought he, he utilized him very well as a, as a movable chess piece in the offense. I thought Carr found him early and often for whatever reason, Greg Williams was not willing or able to adjust to it. And one of the things I thought that was really special about the performance was not only did Carr find him, uh, you know, all over the field a number of times, but Waller actually had a hundred yards, after the catch as well. So a yeah. hundred of those 200 yards was after the catch. So, you know, that's Waller getting to the spots where he needed to get to and using his size and athleticism to get those extra yards and cars well for putting the ball on him in positions where he can actually utilize the act and Gruden as well for putting him in those positions, those advantageous spots. I don't know. You know to be able to do that. I don't know which safety it was, but on that one where he, where he got the quick little, uh, the quick little curl and dog the first defender and then breaks out into the open field. That safety wanted nothing to do with him. He was, he was, I never seen a guy so scared to go up and make a play. He was like, look at this big old dude running down at me at a four, four speed. Like, I'm just going to get out of the way. <laughs> I just, it was he made just a funny. Decision, he just, he just, yeah. He made a business decision for sure. But it's just like, that, that's why I'm so high on, on Google, man. I mean, it's just, the guy is just enormous in so many ways and can just, I think he's the best tight end in the league. I know people are going to, you know, question that and say, oh, Kelsey, yeah, I get it, man. But as far as I'm I'm just telling you, um, this guy is used right. I think he is the best tight end in the league, man. I think he's top three for sure. He's young and he's building building his repertoire, man, but it's legit. And his ceiling, okay, I guess I'll tell you this. His ceiling is higher than any other tight end for sure, and he's that because he Kelsey doesn't. 
Kelsey doesn't have the physical. He doesn't have some of the physical, physical prowess or just that stretch either. And the speed is just oh, next yeah. to. Is, he's second to none when it comes to a guy that size that has the hands he does and can and can not only body you up but just run right past you too. And since I'm shouting out people that you know hit it right on the head, I got to. How about Greg Olson from just looking at that guy in the practice from the practice squad in the Ravens, man, right? just on the. The practice field like, well, hey, wait a minute now. Why isn't this guy, this guy's like an all pro? What's no, going on just here? Sitting there and war- just squad. sitting there and warm up saying like, man, we got to have this guy. Like, what an eye, man. You got to give it to Ole on that one for sure. Got to give him a shout out real quick on that one. But, you know, it's hard to really talk about Waller without talking about, I mean, this guy is always the, the hot button topic of every game, good, bad, or ugly, whatever. What'd you think of Carr's performance, man? I, I, I rattled really, off the numbers there. What'd you think? I really thought he played pretty well, man. I really did. I, I, he's, I think he's doing what he can with what he's given. And I think a lot of that comes from the play calling. And that's where I'm more disappointed at. And I know you can probably echo that with me as well. I have a whole topic you on know, that I want to just I feel like the guy is doing the best he can with what he's given, man. And that sucks because that it, I feel like it handcuffs him a little bit. Or maybe a lot, actually, when it comes down to it. I mean, the guy still rattled off damn near 400 yards. He, he was doing what he could, man. And the bottom line, he made the he made the last play of the game to make it all come in and make it all come together. So I ain't mad at Carr. I, I thought there was some, you know, there were some times in that game where he missed a little bit. But overall, man, I I put him on the plank last week and I was on him. So I got to give him some credit where credit's due. He hung in there. I feel like we should have put the freaking pedal to the metal after we were up by 11 and we didn't and you saw what happens when you start to go into a shell and try to run your way to a victory when you're barely up double digits we both know and all of us know in nation how frustrating that is Dude, a 10 to point to lead is not safe folks it's not safe you know, a I want to get to that in just a second not safe so yeah I, dig- you know, I digress I won't continue that but it's just I, I think Carr did he's doing he did a great job with what he was given. I feel like it could have even been better too. But that wasn't his fault. I don't disagree with you on that. I thought that, you know, he had some shaky moments in this game, but I think some of that has to do with something I'm going to get to you. uh, I want to ask you about here uh, next actually, but I thought he, you know, the stats are what they are, you know, but I, I thought given that it was a cold weather game with the, with the wind, he usually doesn't put up those kind of numbers in those in those spots, and he did make some really bad throws, man. He missed Aguilar on that fourth down and goal where he skipped it to him, where if he would have made it where he was backpedaling away from the blitz, and he one-hopped it to him, and I thought that if he would have been able to put another you know, yard or so on that ball, Aguilar probably catches that ball, and it doesn't even come down to the, the situation in the end. The miracle heaves into the end zone at the end. I thought he missed – Aguilar on one of the, you know, you pointed it out. He missed Aguilar on the the throw right before the game winner to Ruggs. He missed him. He missed him on that throw. You, Carr even said he acknowledged after the game that he made some of the worst throws of his life he felt in that game. And, he, you know, when he thought that it may not go that way, he, he was feeling, you know, pretty sick with himself for missing those throws. But I thought given under the circumstances and – like you alluded to the the play calling issues, which I definitely going to get get to you with in a in a in a minute here as well. That that deserves its whole segment, in my opinion. But I thought Carr played well. I thought he did under the circumstances. And I thought when I say circumstances, Raspy, the number one thing besides the play calling. So I guess the number two thing to me that comes to mind when we talk about the circumstances, quote unquote. What's happened to this offensive line, man? Do you, do you realize that Carr was under – I actually had to double-check this because I thought that there must have been a, a misprint by Pro Football Focus or they, they you know, it was a, an error or something that they're going to clean up and, and retweet it, but it wasn't. No, I'm sure Did it was you know bad. That Carr, Carr was pressured on 45% of his I wouldn't doubt it, man. He was, he, that, that's where I was at. That's, Almost that's where I was at about, like, just he made, I think, for what he was given, he's making good decisions. I mean, dude, even that last play, man, the car from last year or the year before, he gets sacked on that play. 
or throws it or away. Throws it away and just gets rid of it. But I'd say probably nine out of ten, he's getting sacked. The other one, he's throwing it away. He stepped up and threw a straight up jump pass on what you can call a rope on a jump pass. I mean, just the dime. just a dime, dude, off a jump pass for forty five yards. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a he dropped it right. It was in the amazing, bucket, dude. I mean, even and even rugs, they were. He was talking. He's like. It felt like that thing was in the air forever. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's how I, that's how I felt, too. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to give you a little insight. <laughs> Hart and I, well, towards the end there, I was so frustrated. We had got off the phone. We were switching back and forth. I ended up calling him, telling him, like, and I'm losing my mind. I mean, I'm blowing smoke, pissed. And... I come back in and I see him miss. I see him hit Waller, but I see us get in position and then I see him miss Aguilar. And I was like, that was our, that was our time. I mean, we had, how the hell did he even get behind the defense on that one? They're not going to let that happen again. Well, I'm ahead of heart right now. So he has no idea. So literally heart got the win by me screaming at the top of my lungs after on the next snap car hits Rugs out there for a touchdown, and Hart's like looking at his screen because he's probably ten or twelve seconds behind me. Like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. We just won the game. So, just uh, just wanted to tell you, I just wanted to hit you guys with that. I just thought it was funny, but yeah, it was a hell of a way to finish that game. But it sucked that we couldn't like celebrate it together because I had gotten a few seconds ahead of them on that game. Poor Art has to hear from me. Craziness of the game, man. Oh. It was just one of those yeah. circus I thought it was over. I would have never endings. in a million years. We all did. I would have never in a million years thought that I would have been ruining the end of the game for you. I thought that had already came. Oh. <laughs> My bad on that. Right. Yeah, it was a crazy ending, man. I mean, with all the technical issues and everything with, with standing. But but, but what what – What's your opinion on this old line, though? What's wrong with this offensive line, man? I mean, forty-five percent. I don't get it, man. And and this is an old line that, for you know, from basically basically the whole season, but especially from like weeks four to ten or eleven, we're playing lights out with backup guys. Now, maybe we should have known this was going to happen eventually. I don't know, but I mean, our our backups and our next man up mentality was working. I don't know what's happened, but all of a sudden we can't block anybody and it's a problem. And if it wasn't for cars progression from last year to this year, we'd be in huge trouble because I got to give him that he has gotten himself out of a lot of mess, man. And we were talking about 40, almost 50%. Half the time you drop back, he's got guys. Almost in his half face. his drop. I mean, this is horrible guys. You guys got to protect this man. He's our ticket to get into this game. So, that's got to be fixed, and I don't know if that falls on cable, if that falls on just individual guys. I have no idea, but something's got to be fixed, man. It's so strange. We lost Richie. He's how- gone. We know he's gone. So he's he may never play again. I don't know if he'll ever be a Raider. I don't know if he'll ever play again. You know, but it's like we miss him too, yes. boy. Oh gosh, we miss him. That guy's dude. He's a road grader. I mean, he's phenomenal. Missing him big time, but. These other guys just got to, they got to step up, man. And they've shown, they've shown that they can and that they have, but it has definitely fallen off. And I mean, even, you know, to our starters that are still on the squad, our old line as a whole just does not look good right now. And it's, it's a problem, man. You're talking about making a playoff push. Those big boys got to protect car, man, period. I mean, I talk about this, you know, East coast trip, the 11 a.m., start the the struggles historically that the Raiders have making that trip out there and winning games. It's almost like the pass protection, really the offensive line in general. It's like the old line just did not make the trip because that's one of the things that's so strange about it. Just three weeks ago, man, we were all Raider nation. We were all in shock and awe about, you know, Tom Cable, this offensive line, like what? Well, for good reason. Brandon Parker. Right. That's why, that's why it's so mystifying. That's why I asked you because I, I only ask you because I've looked inside. I've looked at trying to dissect it, trying to figure it out, and I sure don't know what, what's going on, man. Uh, to quote Cam, quote Cam Newton, I sure don't know, sure don't know. What, what the problem is. <laughs> so, I, you know, when when you forty five percent of his dropbacks, and then and then it wasn't just the dropbacks, Raspy. 
the off the offensive line has been an absolute no well, we show. Can't run the, the run ball all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I mean that that falls directly on them as well. So, so yeah, it hasn't been good in really any facet, and we were killing them. The run game, the, the run game, twenty five carries for seventy two yards, two point nine yards per carry, and the one rushing touchdown was Derek yeah. Carr. By the way. Gruden stuck with Booker too much, in my opinion, in this game. This is one of those games where Gruden's just got to let it go, man. And I know that Carr threw for 47 attempts, so it's kind of hard to say that he didn't really let it go. But Booker, 16 carries for 50 yards, 3.1 yards a carry. And Raspy, this goes, let's just go ahead and get into it, man. This, I've, I've, I've teased it long with Gruden's play calling, man. You know, when we have a lead, I, I asked this on Twitter and I got good responses and I think pretty much there's a lot of responses, but none of us came with the consensus answer. And I think actually we did come with the consensus answer. We all agreed that John Gruden has to be the worst play caller in the NFL that I've ever personally seen raspy when he has a lead. I mean, he acts like, you know, we're up 10 points, like you said, and he acts like, it's a 21 point lead and he has the, the, his 2002 bucks defense to back him up. He, he keeps putting this team in jeopardy time and time again. And we've lost games doing this. Well, the jets aren't even in this. This doesn't even come down to any of these miracle throws or any of this in mind. If he just steps on the gas, that one sequence in the second, the second half where we, we had the lead. I think we were, what were we up? 24 to 13, I believe. For yeah, we were up 11 points. We had the ball. And then, we had two three and outs where he went run, run, pass, run, run, pass, two three and outs, and then a turnover. And the turnover was a fumble, yeah. Punt, 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 fumble. That's exactly how we went after going up 11. Right, but the fumble only happened when, when we already let the Jets back in the game. There was right. already, what was it, a three-point game? And, and mm-hmm. we were, oh, oh we, we've got, we better. Why does Gruden do this, Raspy? Please put my mind at ease because I cannot find an answer for this. What is up with John Gruden and this his conservative, you know, coaches, coaches in pretty much any sport. You know, we've heard this. We played sports in high school. Don't coaches, you know, one of those cliches is always you play in, until the final whistle blows, right? You don't look at the scoreboard. You play until the final whistle blows. Gruden does the – he. Gruden does the exact opposite. He looks at the scoreboard and sees that we're up eight, nine, ten points, and he pulls the plug. He stops coaching. Am I wrong? I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I mean, there's there's too much there out on out on tape that, I, I, like you said, it's. I guess I don't know if he's just stuck in the, you know, late '90s, early 2000s, to where, you know. A, 10, 11, 13 point lead is significant. That's not significant in today's NFL, man. You see how quick teams can score. You see what these this offense like. We are on pace and they're going to shatter the scoring record in the NFL this year of all time on offense. This, this, is, this is where the league Across is. Across the league, know? yeah. This is, this is where the league is. There's just points being scored at a crazy clip and if you cannot continue to score points at a crazy clip, then you're going to fall behind, man. I don't want to be this team that thinks that, oh, we can grind our way to 24-point victories. That's not going to work, man. It's just not. It's not the way it goes now. You see how quick things can get turned around. You see rare games like that uh, uh, Giants-Seahawks uh, game where it's both teams are under 20. That's so rare. It doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't. So <laughs> – and, and if we had a defense where we could hang our hats on and say, yeah, we can hope teams are under 20, then okay. But we don't, and we haven't for a long time. So there's no excuse to take the foot off the gas at any given time. This game was far too close in the first half. So then you start to kind of blow the doors open in the third early, and then you go into a shell and just want to go into some run-heavy offense to try to protect an 11-point lead. How do you Look protect happened, the lead man. with Next this thing defense? You know, we turn around and we're down. And we're trying to scratch and claw our way to a victory all of a sudden. Like, what happened, man? I, I don't just understand, understand where his reluctancy comes. I do understand why he takes the foot off the gas. So I guess, sorry, I don't have the answer you want to hear. But it is a conundrum completely and utterly, I don't know, 
where his head is at when we have a 10-point lead thinking we can just sit on somebody. I do not get it. And the thing is, man, is if you're running at five yards a clip, I can see why you want to do that. We average less than three yards a carry. 2.9 on the day. I mean, come They're on, guys. Good run defense. Is, we weren't doing it. It wasn't happening. <laughs> so get these. That's what I'm saying. So it's like I, I just don't get it sometimes where he plays directly into the opposing team's hands. And, I mean, we were so lucky to scrape a victory out of this game. So and, it, and a lot of it came down to just play calling at the end because we had every reason to blow the top right off this game and roll on out of New York. This has a lot to do with why we play down to competition too, guys. There's no team in the NFL that's bad enough to where a 10-point lead is just money in the bank with nope. a quarter and a half or whatever to go. Sam Darnold hadn't thrown a touchdown. We're going to get into this. Hasn't thrown a touchdown since early in the season, week three, and we turned him into Joe Willie Namath 2.0 in this game. I don't know why Gruden, you know, I teased it at the at the open. This is the number one concern for me with this team. It's no longer the pass rush or lack of pass rush anymore. And that's not just because the pass rush is showing a little bit more juice lately either. Even if it was the same lifeless, toothless oh, pass rush we've seen, this is the number one concern for me personally, for, for Raider Hart. This is the number one concern for the Las well, Vegas Raiders for the rest of this year and possibly. You heard me last week too saying the same possibly, thing, man. This could be my number one concern for the duration of the the John Gruden regime here, which could be a long time here. I, I don't think we, we can seriously contend for. We're not, and and I, I don't th- I don't even think I don't think we can seriously contend for a Super Bowl championship with this mindset that way because you you just you this is why we don't blow teams out. This is why you don't blow teams out under John Gruden he lets everybody back in the game and, and raspy for the life of me I just understand why this guy thinks that should, pulling the plug well, this is an offensively driven team okay our offense is good our defense isn't and he knows it we know it nation knows it the rest of the NFL know, everybody knows it right and John Gruden also knows, knows it, it. A blind, <laughs> Ray Charles can see it okay yeah so why does Gruden think that the recipe for winning games is when you get a lead, a lead that's not insurmountable, either any kind of lead at all, when you have any kind of lead at all in the second half, stop scoring points and lead with your pathetically, historically inept defense that's the worst defense in the history of the Raiders franchise? How is that a recipe for winning games, man? I mean, this is a it used to drive me crazy. Why does this team play down to competition and play up to good competition, down to bad, good to up? This is why, because for whatever reason, when he when he's not playing the Chiefs or the Saints, he thinks he can win games this way. And how many times do you have to run your, your run into a brick wall before you look at it and say, hmm, maybe we should go around or go go over it? Instead of doing the same thing time and time again and, and allowing lesser teams to hang around and threaten you at the end. The Jets took the lead, man. The most pathetic offense in the NFL, and I get emotional. I don't know. The, the this definition of insanity, man. Drives the same thing over and over again. Inspect, inspect different results, man. It's the definition of insanity. He's so insane. He's driving me insane. Yeah, I absolutely. And me too. And I mean, it, it just doesn't need to be this way. Is what I don't understand, and I don't know why. At times, he just can't seem to get out of his own damn way. Which sucks because I love this. I love this man. I love this man. I love this coach. I want him to succeed. I want us to win, man. I want us to wrap up a bowl and and be able to solidify ourselves as a legitimate team again. You know, so I don't get it, man. I don't know. I don't know why. Sometimes it seems like he just can't get out of his own way. And he won't learn, man. He's, he's not just conservative. He's stubborn because this well, happens yeah. time and time again. And I don't understand the local media. It's time to start asking him, why do you do this? Why, why, do you what in your mind? In the press conference, in the press conference, dude, they, they're, they're softballing questions at him just like they did in Oakland, man. I do not understand on, why not one of these, one of these journalists can come out and say, about his conservative play calling with the lead. Nobody will ask I him. I do not question. get it. I'm not afraid to go ask him. Give me the platform. I'll ask him. I mean, this is I would ridiculous. Love to ask him. I would love to ask him. I would love to hear his response. I would right now, I don't think there's any anything he could say that would make me feel comfortable. Because to me, he's directly 
correlating with us allowing these teams to didn't you get the feeling that if he would have just kept his foot on the gas, we could have hung 38, we, 40 well, we points and it would have been, it would have been a game. I talked about it. We were up my prediction. We were up 24 to 13. That was my prediction for the game. Cause I thought that we would stumble a little bit on offense, which we still did, but I thought our defense would play better than that. Well, at that point in the game, we're talking, we're like, man, we can, Blow them out at this point. We're up 11, man. We had the ball. Like, go score a touchdown. Roll up by 18, man, and the wheels will fall right off. But, no, we went run, 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 I think. I think we ran the ball three times in a row. We on may that. have. We may have. And, and the next thing you know, we're, we're punting them the ball. And then we, and then our D holds again. No, and you're right. Go, because when then we go three and out again. You're and right. They because score. The- it was a 13 play stretch. I saw this stat early in the uh, early in that stretch when we were up 24 13, where we had 13 offensive plays, and I think I saw where we ran 12 out of those, those 13. We threw later in the fourth when we had to, but that was only once the Jets were back in the game again. Well, he yeah. just doesn't seem to get it. When we throw the ball, we put up points, and we, we, we and we. We win when we don't. The other team comes back and becomes a close nail biter again. And we sometimes we're we're actually falling behind and having to have miracles to come back yep. against teams that don't even want to win a game. Come on, John, get a grip, man. The winless Jets almost beat us in a play, almost ended our season because of those the play calling. Come on, man. I mean, uh, and, you know just getting to the point where it's just downright ridiculous and and then when he's out there saying like oh you know to get this win you know it's big for the confidence and all that it's like well, how much better would a freaking stomp out of these guys would have been for your confidence so well, how about on, man don't put us in a situation where we have to freaking have to have one handed to us to win a game and granted, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take away from – that was an exciting win, and it was nice. Hard and I talked about it. I was like, man, how long has it been since we, like, walked, walked away with one? How cool was that? But the bottom line is we should have never been in that position. Never. It's poor coaching, Raspy. It's poor coaching. And it goes to Gunther, too. It does. That's the other thing I would love to hear somebody ask Gruden. Okay, what, what – what 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 makes this you continue to not keep Paul better around? Is that what you're thinking? Yes, yes. <laughs> this, the Jets averaged 13.8 points a game coming in. The Jets, Sam Donald in particular, Sam Donald in in particular. Yes, they doubled their they doubled up their point total in in this game against us. They scored twice as much against us as they do everybody else. The the Jets, Sam Donald had not thrown a touchdown pass since week three. He threw what two against us, or was it two or three? At least two, and then he ran one in. Okay, so he counted for three, but he threw for two. He hadn't thrown for one since since there's ninety degrees out and there was leaves on the trees. He hadn't thrown a touchdown pass. It's almost Christmas, and he's lighting us up like Times Square Christmas tree in Times Square. Man, it, it's it's I don't understand this guy. And the thing, okay, I'll confess, Nation Raspy. I have defended Paul Gunther in the past. I've been the guy that's led the train where I didn't think he was getting the defensive payroll, the the money, the cap dollars to get the talent. All you know, the offense is top two or three in, in dollars spent, and his defense was thirty second, thirty first. You know, there's a talent discrepancy there. Well, now the talent level has been they they increased the spending up to about middle of the, middle of the league, middle of the pack, and I just don't see the. It's not that I don't see the growth, Raspy. The growth just isn't there, man. You see this team, this is the we're we're coming up on the end of year three, and you still see mental gaffes, blown coverages, confusion, no clear plan on how to defend the bunch set, which Adam Gase has made his whole his he's the yes. mansion that his wow. family is resting in tonight is because of the bunch formation. Peyton Manning's records in 2013 is because of this bunch. He had the reason why he's a head coach is because of the bunch formation. No plan for how to accurately defend the bunch formation. I just can't. I've at the, I'm at the point, Raspy, where I just can't defend Paul Gunther anymore. His his position coaches that that are coaching under him are not coaching it up, man. They're not I'm coaching gonna, his assignments. I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to put it like this. I'd rather go talk to Greg Olson about how to defend the bunch than I would Paul Gunther. 
that's a problem. I mean, it's bad. I, you know, I mean, are you kidding me, man? I mean, something that's so simple and has been around for so long. We just looked like we were deer in headlights the whole time. Every time they land, lined up bunch formation, we looked so confused and nobody knew what they were doing. It's that's coaching, man. The talent level is there. We see Nico Morrow. We see Kwiatkowski, Mullen. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, man. Clee Farrell, Max Crosby. There's talent on this defense. There's con- Littleton. I didn't even mention Littleton. There's confusion out here because this coordinator is behind. I'm sorry. He's behind, man. His defense. Hart and I have talked to this about this at length. He's two, three years behind. You Hart put it to me like this. Look at look at Zimmer. Look at look at Mike Zimmer's defense in in Minnesota. How potent was that defensive scheme he's had? Yeah, like the last, like five years ago for a good three, four, five year span. How potent was that? Teams are Dominant. finding teams are finding ways to beat that, and they're falling. So that means Jacksonville. guys are falling behind. I want an innovator on the defensive side that can bring some new twist and some new age stuff to what's going on right now. I don't want to be two years behind the curve. And I'm sorry, we haven't ranked better than twenty fourth or twenty sixth since he's been 26. here, man. It's time to move on. I'm sorry, we haven't it's time helped- to move on. We haven't held teams under 26, almost 27 points per game is the best we've done under this guy, yeah, man. It's time to move on, man. I mean, you know what? Like, I've made excuses for him, too. And I've seen him. And then, you know, what's crazy is the way he coaches against the Chiefs. We won't get into all that. But, I mean, he coached. He, how, can you, how can you do so well against the best team in the league and fall so short against the worst? I do not understand it. But I, I, I don't like this. It's, we are such a schizophrenic team. That's another thing Hart has said. The schizophrenic play calling on both sides of the ball. It seems like a trick and down conservative from the top, on both sides. And it's just it's just sickening. And I'm just over it, man. And we skimped by a team that we should have straight throttled. We are so lucky to have this win and still have a chance. It's a poorly coached team on defense, and I'm tired of saying that. It's this has gone on for decades now. Raspy it nation you know it too man how how many years how many seasons have we suffered eyes bleeding watching this defense just hemorrhage points megatron being checked by rolando mclean in the clutch i mean this goes back for years and i just don't know this goes back to my theory that the raiders just don't know what they're doing organ this goes this is from the top down they just don't understand modern nfl defense you look at this I, some of the stuff that Gunther wants to do on defense, I actually do like. I like some of the pattern matching. I like some of the cover four and cover six split field cover. I like some of that stuff. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter if you don't coach them up, man. This is year three, and guys still don't seem to have any sort of solid, firm grasp on on the coverages play in and play out. There's, well, and I, I put mean, that teams are scoring on 50% man. of the drives. Yeah, 50% of the drives are defenses allowing points. When you've got young season. talent out there, and I put that on coaching, it's a systemic problem, and it has been, like you said, for a very, very long time. And it's something that has to be addressed, period. So I just, I just, like I said, man, this isn't like we're hammering him in his first year. This is his third year. The system is implemented. It's not gotten any better. At times, it's actually looked worse. It's time to move on, man. Let's go find a young, up-and-coming defensive mind who can come and make a stud. You know, I, I know you're not going defensive... to get your hands on – on the guy from San Francisco, he's going to be a no, head coach. No, he's going to be a head coach. But, but I mean, but there's guys like him. There's young studs out there from these from these defensive trees. That's who you need to find is a young, innovative mind to come in here and to take some of this young talent we have and mix them around and put them in the right positions to make plays, so we can be a defense that's respectable. I don't. I'm not saying we got to be a number one deep, but can we be a number 13, 14? Hell, I'll give me 17, 18, I'll be happy. And this is sad, dude, but the offenses that we got right now, if we had a defense that was ranked in the middle of the league, we'd probably have two or three less losses. We'd be almost a lock. We'd probably you be know, close I to mean, punching birth. That's what I'm saying. So birth. it's in our, in our defense, you know, there were some guys that made some plays, but overall, 
It hasn't been good. It needs to be fixed. Is Gunther the answer? Ask me right now. No. He just hasn't shown anything that says that he is the answer. And nope. again, in year what three, what are we supposed to do? I think he has bad position coaches beneath him. How else can you explain that they, they, there's just so many blown assignments and confusion still? And then the other thing you look at is our, our pass rush has been consistently at the at, or at the very bottom of the, the league bottom. every yep. single year that this yep. guy has been here. He it's clear he doesn't have the answer to fix this pass rush. Okay, nope. he doesn't have the so he I'm doesn't saying. have so the answer. I don't know who does, but it ain't him. It's time to move on. It's time for this defense to go another direction. Do you fire him now or do you wait till the former former I, 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 I don't fire him now. I think that's too much right now. There's no point. It's, There's a month until he, the playoffs. He has another debacle this weekend or something. It looks like some, you know, some just blowout loss, maybe. But I, at this point, I think you just you ride it out. I mean, you know, you're at the, you you let it go on. You're at this point, ride out the season, but you better have a plan far as that because if you bring him back next year i'm going to have some very very oh, big questions as to what in the hell we're doing well you know what it is it's it's gruden's buddy system man and well you know, that, it's fine. that it's, stuff sucks it's fine to have a buddy system okay if you're if you if you've got amazing friends if your buddy's a if badass if you've got elite friends if, you, if you're you know if you've got elite friends everywhere and you have you're surrounded yourself with geniuses. Well, yeah, by yeah, all means, have different. a buddy system. But, but you know when a buddy system doesn't work, it doesn't work when your friends suck. Yep. Okay, and <laughs> I'm sorry, but Paul Gunther, it just isn't there. Rod Marinelli as well, man. <laughs> Princeton Buckner had we we're trending up, man. We had 31 sacks last yep. year after only having a, a putrid what was it 18 the year before that. Yep. Gruden pulls the plug to bring his buddy in, and now we fell right back down to the bottom. So I Gruden really liked what Buck was doing too, man. I too. really did. I felt like you felt like we had some growth there. Now, don't get me wrong. Max was better under him too, yeah, by the way. Don't get me Cosby. wrong. At least bringing in Marinelli. If you are going to fire Buck, at least it seemed like a like a decent hire. And I also thought, like, okay, maybe this is the predecessor. Maybe this is if if Gunther doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing he'll make the decision to go to Rod. Well, he never did that. So I don't know what his plan was. Like I said, again, I will, I will not try to get in Gruden's head because I'll drive myself back crazy. But, yeah, I just don't get it, man. I know something's got to change on defense, man, or else it will just continue. And I feel like with the way our offense is trending just overall – it has definitely gotten better, and it feels like there's still something there. Now we're gonna see what we do next. You know, this week coming up, we're gonna play. We're gonna play in a damn good defense in the Colts. We go and throttle this ball up and down the field. Well, which we can, which I know we can too. So we'll see how it goes. But as far as the defense is concerned, man, a change is in order. Whether it, like I said, I don't think you do anything drastic yet into the season, though. There is no extension. There is no moving forward with this guy. It's time to move on. And Gruden, I'm going to tell you right now, man, if you think you're just going to go right back into the pool of, of buddies, open your mind, man, and look look into the college ranks. Look at this cat, the, the defensive coordinator at um, Iowa State, man. It, some of the stuff that he's doing that's, that's innovative against that's the air raid and spread. some innovative defense, there's no doubt, man. Look got at some, the, the – Got some the, plans for this up-and-coming air raid stuff, you know. Look at the the defensive staff with the Rams, man, and what some of the what they're doing over there. It, but you know, if there's one guy that that may be on his radar that I wouldn't be too angry at, I don't think Raheem Morris w- was on his staff too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. I think Mister Morris, list. like we talked about a week or so ago, I believe that man deserves a head coaching gig. And if it isn't with Atlanta, I think Atlanta would be stupid for letting him go with the way that team's responded after he's taken over. I think it'll be somebody else, but if not, and he doesn't get a head co- coaching gig, you better be swarming that dude like a damn, you know, bunch of bees at this point. Because that guy is—he's legit. The guy can coach him up. He's got—he's got that it factor, man. He outcoached Gruden a couple weeks ago. Coach, he damn I'm near outcoached. He damn near outcoached Peyton uh yesterday too he played they played really well they had an opportunity to win that game now i get it Taysom hill was starting it wasn't drew Brees, but hill had a hell of a game 
Atlanta played well. That loss to Atlanta, I mean, that beat down to Atlanta, I should say, doesn't look quite as bad when they go and barely lose one to the Saints. But either way, I'm just saying, Raheem Morris deserves – he deserves that head coaching gig, no doubt. But if not, and man, oh, I would be so happy to bring him over and make him part of what we're doing. I'm going to put out a a list of potential defensive coordinator – candidates in the offseason so look out for that nation but i'm going to tell you right now 90 percent it's either going to be rod marinelli or him morris if he's let go so i just know how gruden thinks he's he can't seem to process people that he doesn't already know so that's probably where it's going whether or not whether or not it is a problem because raheem morris is so gangster that like i'm i'm totally cool with that but but what if that doesn't work out what if he gets a head coaching job i feel like i feel like you said i feel like he'll bump rod up Derek Ansley would be another guy at Tennessee. He was on Gruden's staff the first year as the defensive back coach, but I don't know how excited I am about that. Some other people seem to be excited about him too, but I just haven't seen enough there. But there were some positives, Raspy, on defense. They were few and far between, but I think you could sum up the positives with the Raiders' defense with the Clemson boys, man. The Clemson boys showed up. uh, Mullen with a clutch interception. They sure did. And a guy that – We've both been hard on. I know I have, and most of Raider Nation has been hard at, but hard on. But Cleveland Farrell, man, was absolutely – he looked like a number four overall pick for a game yesterday. Did man. he possibly come back Three. with the COVID virus? Give, is he Superman all of a sudden? Did, I guess it did, mutated did, like yeah, it did for Peter say, Parker, man, the spider bite. Peter Parker over here? He's, he's an X-Man yeah. now, I guess, man. His, it, his X gene was activated from the virus because, you know – Two, um, two sacks, two forced fumbles, game six pressures, game saver, dude. I mean, I mean, dude, and he looked every out. bit of it too. Balled it, out. Is this is this just a one game thing from Farrell, or is this something that you think he can build? I on? I think it's something he can definitely build on, man. And I mean, I'm gonna go off that second sack. It was such a quick. It was such a quick little just turn. It was just like a savvy veteran move where he was like coming off a double, man, and he just made a quick little turn. Like It was like he coaxed the lineman into thinking he was going to go off edge and take it out wide, and he just turned at the drop of a dime. And there was another play, I think it was on the first one, where Hart and I were like, damn, didn't know the missile had so much bend. I mean, he was freaking parallel to the ground. It was amazing. So... I think this is definitely something he can build off, man. I mean, he made those two plays alone outside of the, you know, the other pressures he's got, which was just phenomenal. And I mean, he, he literally helped on that interception. Hart brought that to my attention. Look at, go back he to did. that Mullen interception and look at the pressure that, that Clee put on him. He was there, man. He was doing his thing. But yeah, just, but I just thought that, I don't know, there's that second strip sack, just that savvy, like, you know, he's a second-year guy to make that savvy veteran move to just do a quick little chuck inside and to leave. And it was like a crossover on the on the uh, O-lineman and just left him shook. Boom. Sack. Strip. Our ball. Let's go. I mean, the guy looked nasty. We've been hard on him. Like Hart said, we've been real hard on him. And rightfully so. He's a top-four pick, man. I mean... There's going to be a lot asked of you. There's some guys that fell in the draft behind you that have outplayed you flat out. I think he can build off this, though, absolutely, to answer that question. I feel like this was – I mean, the game last year against the Chargers where he had – what did he have, three three or four sacks in that game? Something, something crazy. I still, I, still, three, yeah. I still think this game against the Jets was better because his pressures were there, yeah. and when he got there, he made it count, hands down. Best game of Clee's career. I'm impressed. Keep it up, big dog. I need to see more. I, I want to say that this is something he can build on. Um, I guess, okay, if if I'm taking it technically from the question I ask, is this something he can build on? I Not, think so. Do I think this is? No, I think so. I think this is something he can build For on. sure. And, you know, this is better than that game. I, you know, I looked it up. This is. I remember that game against the Chargers that you're talking about which was unquestionably before yesterday, that was his best game, you know, as a pro, you know, his pass rush win rate, which, you know, that's the metric that measures how quickly a defender beats the pass blocker in front of him. 
specifically whether or not they can do it in under two and a half seconds. If he can't, then it's not a win. He had a, a pass rush win rate in that in this last game against the Jets at 47, right around 47%, which is really damn good. That's his career high. On that one play, Hart and I were on the phone. I mean, he was, folks. He was he was parallel with the freaking turf. I mean, it was it was a a big dog, D and straight up just monster play. I mean, the guy was he was betting half going around that corner. To see that out of him was really was huge, man. It was huge. His previous career high for that metric for the win rate, pass rush win rate was. 27% 27% in that Charger game. So it, was, yeah, it wasn't even close. He was doubled up. Yeah, it was not just a little bit better. It was He was by head and shoulders better than his no, previous I, best I, game. I by so far say that was his best game were. in the silver and black, for sure. Very impactful game. We, we don't win this mm-hmm. game without Cleve Farrell. I mean, who knew Absolutely that? Absolutely We need to Cleve Farrell to beat the winless Jets. This is welcome to the Raiders. It's what we do, folks. It's what we do. I will say this, though, before we move on to the last, just a, one last real quick topic before we get to Captain and Plank to wrap it up. But I, there was, there, there, I'm seeing some signs of life with the pass rush. I just said a minute ago that Gunther has no answers with the pass rush, and I stay on that. It's, it's not enough to ignore the three years, you know, and it's not like it's overwhelming pass rush even now. But, you know, Farrell and – Beasley looks like he can maybe that stunt that Farrell got a sack on with Beasley. They they ran a game. That was Beasley's idea. Was it? Nice. That was Beasley. That That was Beasley's idea. On the fly, having a veteran guy say, hey, man, let's do this. He told Cleveland Farrell right before the snap that they should do that, and they did it, and it turned out to be a big play in that game that potentially saved points. Yet another reason why I feel like he should be out there, a savvy veteran who has shown that he can get to the quarterback. We need them. Absolutely. We need them. I agree with that. We need every as many of those types of guys. Tack McKinley, heal that growing up, man. We need right. all the juice we can get on that right. pass rush. But lastly, before we get to our patented captain of the week and who walks the plank, I'm just going to ask you one simple question. It's the question that's everybody's talking about leaving this game. This is the, the big question. Okay. Everybody's kind of dissecting this. It's all over the place. So it's a very simple question. Do the Jets throw the game? Man, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say yes, they did. I don't know how, like you said, take away the game winner. The play before that, Aguilar beat that defense too. How do you let any receiver at that point, when you're up by four points and a touchdown is all that can beat you, how do you let somebody get behind you? Now, whether Greg Williams was just trying to coach his way right out of the jet situation because he's so tired of it, <laughs> because even, well, got well, fired. even Adam Gase said he didn't know that that was being called. He said, zero what? <laughs> you're going to run cover zero. You're going to blitz eight. You're <laughs> three guys on the back end to kind of cover up. I, I think. So, yes, to answer your question, do I think they threw it? I mean, damn, I, I'd like to think that there's a little more sanctity in the football game than that. But after what I saw in those last two plays, it's hard to say no. Because how do you why – do, why don't you just use that, that, that touchdown, the marker, the pylons, not help you defend and just make sure that if they do throw it up, you've got multiple guys there to knock it down. But I'm going to leave it at that. What do you think, Hart? I'm going to say I'm going to say no. I mean, ultimately, Carr's got to make the play, and Ruggs has got to make the play. So it, it, you know, but I don't know. I like I said, sorry. Why why fire Greg Williams if 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 it's if it was a take? Maybe job, he man. wanted out of there. <laughs> Maybe he fired himself. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But that would, but that would still, that would still mean it's not a tank, though. Tank is from t- the top, uh, and from Adam Gates to be that shocked by the call that he fired him the next morning, I don't know. I think that's just ineptitude, man. I, I, I don't know. It it, be, it's man. this, it's, it's an this call, is an eleven team. There's a lot of ineptitude there. <laughs> There's a lot of inept guys. Lots of guys that are breaking show. it down. 
I see guys that are breaking. I've seen Dan Arlowski did a whole video where, where Greg Williams did something similar in a, in a game uh, in a previous season. It wasn't quite the, the same situation where there was like literally one play left, but it was late in the game where they had a lead and he should have been playing soft zone or some sort of prevent or some sort of coverage. And he did the same thing. Well, so Gruden had an actual Gruden actually had a point in his conference where he had looked back at another Williams game where on that kind of same situation, he didn't bring pressure and it burnt him. So, you well, know what I mean? So maybe he, he has maybe, he was, maybe he was like, Hey man, if the way it was looking, we're getting hella pressure. Let's just send them and not even give him a chance to throw that deep ball car. Gruden said it himself. Carr made the call. He 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 called out of that. He put guys in the right position. He saw he saw the heavy all out and he burned them. So I don't know. It's weird. No, I, I mean, I hate to say yes, but I just don't see in any way, shape, or form how you don't just press deep and just have guys at the line at the goal line to make sure that nothing like that beats you. Now, if it was like a tip ball and a guy caught it on some drastic craziness, well, that's one thing. Henry Ruggs was wide open. He had single coverage, dude bit on the inside route, and he was gone. I mean, I, how you have no help over top, I have no idea. I guess it's just what do you call it? Like, what's your definition of, of a tank, man? For me, a tank is an organizational decision. This is my definition. It's an organizational decision to lose. And if you're firing Greg Williams the next morning and you're shocked when he makes that call because it, you, you, you didn't expect that call in that situation, then that tells me Greg Williams isn't deciding to tank on his own. I mean, he's why would you do that? Right. And it no, just doesn't right. make sense. If he's trying to get himself fired, why would you want that on tape, man? Do you think that yeah, any other team, team in the yeah, league – like, make a good point. I'm ready to – Make a good point. I'm ready to – I'm ready to fire Paul Gunther, but I, I don't want Greg well, Williams. Yeah, you're not going to go look at the guy that choked the game away. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I mean, I said yes, and I said it reluctantly, but I don't know. It's just – I just don't – I mean, dude, you're talking about 96 to 98% of the time, no defensive coordinator is going to call an all-out when you have a guy who can get the ball – to the end zone, and you're going to run single coverage on the outside on the fastest guy, one of the fastest guys in the league. 96 to 98 percent of the time, a defensive coordinator is not going to have a bounty scheme either. So, <laughs> this guy's a different guy, man. This guy's a different cat. I don't know. No, I just said, I don't I mean, who knows? knows? I'm going to say that's, no, but it's crazy. Who knows? Pretty crazy. I, mean, I guess. <laughs> But uh, do you have anything else on this one before we get to our no, captain man, and who's walking the plank? All right. Well, Nation, hang around. Your favorite segment is coming up next. Captain of the, of the week. And who's walking the plank?